Hi, this is Jonathan Horton, one of the pastors here at Grace Christian Fellowship in Odessa, Texas. I want to thank you for tuning into the podcast today. Wherever you are listening to this, I hope that this message encourages you, gives you hope, and reminds you that you are loved. Well, summer is here. Uh, I love the fact we're in the first weekend of June, and it feels like we've kind of stepped into that. We've got kids' camps that are happening. Our middle schoolers actually leave a week from now to get to go to to middle school camp. It's going to be an absolute blast. There's vacations that are happening. Uh, There is swimming in the pool and different activities that are going on. If you don't believe me that summer's here, then just wait a couple days, and when 106 hits the temperature, right, we're all going to be like, I wish summer was gone, right? But summer's fun because it feels like schedules oftentimes slow down a little bit. I know that that's not always the case. And, and sometimes that can be bad. You're like, I don't know what, my schedule used to be so good. It was so consistent. Now I don't know what I'm doing or what's going on because we're just going different places all the time. But uh, during these next four weeks, what we want to do is we want to talk about this, is we want to talk about how do we experience the fullness of God. How do we experience his fullness? And and so we're going to be going through some topics that help us kind of step into that a little bit more because here's what I think happens sometimes. We say, hey, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and isn't that just it? Now, I I think that there's a difference between being saved and and being uh, living this life where you feel like, man, I'm, I'm constantly in this connection, what I'm going to be call, calling filled to the fullness with God. Uh, there's this part where we're like, all right, I, I, I know Jesus, but there's a difference when you're walking in the Spirit, where you're letting the Holy Spirit who came into your life begin to guide you and lead you and, and give you strength. And so we want to kind of tap into that and say, hey, how do we experience that better in our lives. Because so often, sometimes we settle for a life that's less than the life that God desires for us. We say, hey, I just, I just want a little bit of Jesus. You know, there's, there's a poem, actually, that uh, a guy wrote, and, and this is, you'll, you'll tell, you'll know by some of the language in it, but this is a, a poem that was written several years ago, probably during the civil rights uh, movement here. And, and, and listen to what this guy, Wilbur Reese, said. He said, I'd like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep, but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I don't want enough of God to make me love a black man or to pick uh, beets from or with migrants. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. And obviously, as he says this, he's talking about this tongue-in-cheek. He's saying, hey, this is how people think about their relationship with God at times. They think, I just want a little bit of God, enough of God to make me feel comfortable, but not enough that really causes me to get uncomfortable in the way that I live. I, I love what one pastor said. He says, I, I want to be so filled with God that if, if, if a mosquito bites me, it flies away seeing in, there's power in the blood, right? You're like, all right, that, that's good right there, right? And, you know, do we ever think about 
that relationship with God, our relationship with God in that type of way? Do we really want Jesus in every area of our life? Or are we comfortable with just saying, hey, Jesus, I've got this part over here, and I'll, I'll give you like this section. That, that sounds good. Enough to make me feel good. Well, I want to dive into this topic with you. And so our theme verse uh, during this series, it comes out of Ephesians chapter 3. And starting in verse 17, about halfway through 17, it says this. Paul writes, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Do you realize God's love is amazing? He says, uh, he continues to pray, he says, and, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Paul's praying for these Ephesian Christians. He's saying that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Have you checked how filled up you are lately with God? Have you asked that question at all lately about, man, how is God residing in my heart and in my life? Because he has got a love that's so deep and so wide that there's so much for us to tap into this love and this power that God offers us. And there's some steps that we can begin to take. There's lots of steps. We'll only go over a, a few of these that we can begin to take to say, man, God, I want more of that love. I want more of that, that being filled up in you. And so uh, today what we're gonna do is we're gonna, we're gonna talk about seeking after God. Uh, this is something that, that we can actively do to say, all right, I, I've got Jesus, but when I seek after him, when I, when I seek after his spirit in my life, then all of a sudden there's this different type of fullness. Have you ever found yourself seeking after something? Uh, just recently, I was, I was reminded about seeking after something because I, 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 I had to seek for my favorite wing store ever, all right? And so growing up in northern Indiana, uh, in, in South Bend, Indiana, there was this wing spot called Wings, etc., all right? And, and, and uh, my little piece of heaven was going to Wings and getting the tweener wings. It's a mix of, of I think, medium and hot together. It makes this amazing, beautiful orange goo on the wing, right? And then having a Mountain Dew and curly fries, that was like heaven back then. And, and, and so uh, as I grew up and ate more wings than I would know how to count, and I went to college and then uh, became an adult, I started to realize that wings has franchised and they've moved to, to different locations. And so when I found this out, I, when I would go to different places, I would look up to see if, if there's a wings, et cetera, in, in town somewhere, right? And, and so I, I found one in Springfield, Missouri one time and, and made sure that I worked that into my travel plans to eat at Wings. This last Thanksgiving, uh, when my family drove to, to West Kentucky for, for uh, this family gathering, I realized that there was a Wings about an hour from my mom's house. And so I had to, to, to make a little four-hour trip to go to Wings, eat, and then come back during, not on Thanksgiving Day, but during the Thanksgiving vacation, and this, this last trip that I took to Florida, lo and behold, uh, Wings had moved to that same location. And, and so, of course, I had to eat there three times over vacation. 
And, and so this is a picture of our, or maybe we already put it up, of my dad and I getting to, to eat wings. So good, so good. But it, it's this thing where I, at this point, I'm like, hey, how do, how do I seek this out? This is fun. I, I enjoy it. Have you had some of those things in your life? You're like, you get to a new area, and you think, I've got to go to this store. They don't have it in my town. I've got to go there and get new whatever it is. Or maybe some of you, uh, you sought out this last week to go see the new Top Gun. All right, anybody in here? All right, a, a few... A few smart people. There we go. Great. So it was so good. It was so good. But in these things in our lives, we seek after things that bring us joy. And, and what I want you to realize as we step into this conversation today about experiencing the fullness of God, if we seek after him, you're going to experience this joy. And you're going to experience this fullness and this goodness that you haven't had previously. And so in order to kind of continue in this conversation, I want to look at a story from Jesus's life. It's actually recorded in Luke chapter 7. And as we get into this, uh, Jesus is sitting down at a Pharisee's house. So, so this Pharisee, he's, he's somebody who others would have looked at and said, oh, this guy, he's a religious leader. They, they might have thought this guy has his life together. Uh, he, he follows after God. I want to follow after God like him. Well, Jesus is in this Pharisee's house, and here's why Simon is having Jesus at his house. Simon's been hearing these things about Jesus, these, these things that, that, that Jesus is a prophet or this, this person who, who's doing miraculous things in God's name, and he wants to find out, is Jesus really all that people are saying he is? And so Simon has him over to his house to have this meal and kind of get to know Jesus a little bit more. And that's what we'll pick up in the story in Luke chapter 7 together. Verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. So we get this, this picture of what's happening here where uh, Jesus, he's at this Pharisee's house. He's reclining at the table. And so, uh, you know, we, we think about tables today where we, where we sit at the table and we pull up to the table. Our feet are underneath it. Uh, then the tables would have been lower and Jesus would have been reclining on one arm with his feet away from him and, and eating food. And so you get this picture of how, how Jesus is sitting at this table, reclining at this table, and then all of a sudden this lady comes in, and, and, and we don't ever get to hear her name, but we hear that she is a sinful woman. And it begins to imply things about maybe what her life looked like. Uh, and most likely with this type of language, she uh, probably prostituted herself in some type of way. But here she does, she comes into the house and she begins to wet Jesus' feet with her tears. Now, in today's context, this would be so awkward. I mean, we, we think about our houses, and, and our, our homes are very private in a lot of ways. If somebody was to come into your home, you'd be like, who just opened the door? What is going on? Am I getting robbed? Like, like we, would, we would worry about what is happening. But in that time, 
Doors would have been open. The windows would have been open. It would have even been customary for a meeting like this between a Pharisee and Jesus for, for people to gather just so they can listen to what the conversations are, are, are being said. Now, it would not have been customary for a woman like this to be uh, in a Pharisee's house. She would have known that she doesn't belong there. But here she is, she's, she's heard that Jesus is there and she seeks him out. And, and she comes in and, and as she sees Jesus, she falls at his feet and she begins to cry. So much so that the tears are hitting his feet. And, and, and between uh, wiping the tears off and kissing his feet, you just begin to get this picture of this woman that's broken before Jesus. This work is happening in her life. And, and, and she does something else that is not customary. She, she lets her hair down in public and she begins to, to wipe those feet. And so we, we get this picture of, man, all this is happening. But remember, the Pharisee, he's got Jesus there because he's trying to figure out what Jesus is all about. And so the next verse tells us this. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. You know, even though Simon, this Pharisee, is, is reclining at the table as well, he thinks that he's sitting in a judgment seat, right? He, he thinks that he can just kind of uh, look and, and assume, and, and as he thinks to himself, he, he's not saying this out loud. We don't get that impression here, but he's thinking this, and as he thinks this, in his heart, it, it, it seems that he's putting himself over her. Look, here's this sinful woman. If Jesus really was this man of God, this prophet, he wouldn't even let her touch him. And in this moment, as Simon's thinking this, Jesus does what he has the power to do. He reads his mind. He knows, he knows what he's thinking. So Jesus says, hey, I want to teach this Pharisee something. And he begins to tell him a story. Listen to what he says. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? You understand the question. Which of them will love him more? Uh, the one who had the bigger debt forgiven or the one who had the smaller debt? And Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. So as Jesus uh, reads Simon's mind about this judgment that he's putting out, Jesus asks him a question and he says, hey, there's these two people. They both have debts that they can't pay. But the moneylender, he forgives them both. And, and, you know, at the end of this story, the, the conclusion is, well, the one who had the bigger debt forgiven uh, will be more thankful. And, and in this, I think Jesus is trying to point out, guess what? Both people have a debt. Guess what? Both people in this story, Simon the Pharisee and, and this sinful woman, they both have a debt. And here Simon sits, it seems, thinking that he's good. 
that he's got it together. That, you know, he, he, he's kind of, it looks better. He, he doesn't have the outward sin. There aren't people in town talking about his actions. He feels pretty good about himself. But when he's sitting at the table with Jesus, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, Jesus knows better. Jesus knows about our inward sin and he knows about our outward sin. And the fact is that we have debts that we can't pay. There's no amount of good that you or I can do that can save us. It's only what Jesus can do and only what Jesus did. And as Jesus sits at this table uh, with this guy who's a Pharisee thinking, oh, look, this woman's sinful. Jesus wants him to know, hey, you got some problems too. You're in need of uh, somebody to forgive you as well. And he's beginning to, to help him see this. It continues on. Uh, verse 44, Then he turned towards the woman, but said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say amongst themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Such a neat ending to this. And Jesus, he's like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stir up the pot a little bit and make some more enemies. And, and, and in this moment, he helps Simon see, hey, here you are. You're sitting in your own judgment seat that you created yourself kind of deciding what's right and what's wrong. And, and I came into your house and you showed me no hospitality. But here this woman is, uh, she's fallen at my feet. She's, she's kissed them, she's cried on them, she's perfumed them, all those types of things. And, and Jesus at the end of this says, hey, she's forgiven. But I love the end of this. I love the end of this because Jesus tells her, he says, your faith has saved you, go in peace. We need to make sure that we never miss this point. It wasn't the woman falling at Jesus' feet. It wasn't the woman uh, pouring the perfume that saved her. It was her faith that saved her, her faith and belief in Jesus. But it was these other things, this seeking after God, this seeking after Jesus that, that I think uh, brought about this whole experience. And in a similar way, uh, what I'm calling us to, to today is say, hey, we need to have the faith and, and we need to have the pursuit of Jesus like this woman did. If we want to experience the fullness of God in our lives, then we need to constantly be seeking after Jesus. And so a few things that I want to kind of break down for us today as you begin to, to think about this topic and, and whether you feel like you need to pursue the fullness of God in your life or not is number one is this. Are you lounging with Jesus or are you longing for Jesus? Are you lounging with Jesus or are you longing for him? There is always a risk for, for anybody who says, hey, I, I've been following Jesus for a long time or maybe it's even a short time. 
where we begin to get comfortable, where we begin to act like Pharisees, where we begin to, if you know the story, act like the older brother, where all of a sudden we become really good at pointing out sins of everybody else instead of thinking about uh, the sins of our own life. And all of a sudden, we feel like we're, we're sitting at the same table with Jesus. We're lounging with him, almost feeling like we're equal in some type of way. Instead of realizing, hey, what I always need to be doing is longing for Jesus. Yes, yeah, so there's a certain amount of, of resting with him. And I, I think that sometimes our language is a little rough in this as well. We say, hey, accept Jesus and he'll come into your heart. And, and yes, this is true, this idea that, that God himself, the Holy Spirit, comes and lives inside of us. But sometimes when we, when we hear this, uh, there can be this thing that we think about where we think, well, he came into my heart, so I, I'm, I'm big and he's small in, in some type of way. Like, I, I'm still the one controlling the body, he's just a part of it with me. And what I want us to think about is this idea that when we give our lives to Christ, we're stepping into the fullness of God. And we need to continue to seek after him, to run after him, uh, to constantly lay our lives down for him, saying, yes, I, I did accept you as my Lord and Savior, but now I'm going to be in this constant pursuit of you, Jesus, trying to listen to his directives in our lives, the way that he wants us to live for him. So are you lounging with Jesus or are you longing for Jesus? Uh, the next thing I would say is this, have you forgotten your debt that was paid? Have you forgotten your debt that was paid? In this story, we see that Simon, it, it feels like he doesn't really have much of a debt. And the reality is all of us have a huge debt that was paid for you and I. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we need to realize that, that we don't deserve Jesus, that we don't deserve hope, we don't deserve heaven. But because of what Jesus did for us, he paid our debt. And any person who turns to him in faith and accepts him as their Lord and Savior can be saved. So have you forgotten about the debt that God has paid for you, that Jesus has paid for you. You know, when I think about uh, my story, even growing up, uh, th there's a difference between the, the time that I was saved and the time that I began to, to walk in the fullness of God. I remember um, the, the summer before my seventh grade year at camp, uh, distinctively giving my life to Christ saying, Jesus, I, I know that I need you. I've done wrong. And, and Jesus came into my life in that moment. And, and I remember coming back from camp thinking, all right, I'm gonna change everything. And, and I did for a while. But slowly but surely, I began to fall back into my same old rhythms with my same old friends. And, and for three years, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, I knew God had saved me, but I hadn't walk, been walking seeking after him, walking in the fullness of him. And it was uh, the summer before 10th grade that, that God brought me into this new body of believers. Um, and I was able to go to this youth group and God really allowed uh, me in that moment to, to have this new church family that I could say, man, I'm gonna be a part of this. And I'm gonna start saying yes to God. 
And, and those next couple years, God grew me so much because one, I wasn't just living for myself anymore, but I was really living for him. I was diving into his word. I was diving into prayer. I was diving into community. And he grew me a ton and he's continued to grow me. There's a difference between us just saying, oh, I, I want Jesus and I need him. I need to seek after him. And so uh, I, I kind of uh, revamped this poem that I read at, at the beginning today. And it, and it says this, I would like to buy $3 of God, please. Actually, you know what? Check that, change that. I, I would like to be filled to the tippity top with God, please. So much so to explode my soul and disturb my sleep. Enough that my cup of life overflows and I lead I am led by streams of living water. I want enough of God to make me love anyone in my path, friend or foe, sinner or saint. I want transformation, not ecstasy. I want new birth, not the warmth of the womb. I want to live with the hope of heaven, but be the helper of here today. I would like to be filled with God, please. Where are you at? With this, where, where are you in this conversation? Are you lounging with God? Are you longing for Him? Uh, have you forgotten what He's forgiven you of? I want to read some scriptures as we close out today, and, and, and these scriptures uh, really it's just a, a lot of uh, different scriptures about seeking after God. And, and I hope as you hear these that, that it's almost like a wave that's just crashing on you. As you're hearing the words of God that's calling you to seek after him. So, so listen to what he says here in, in multiple passages. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Acts 17, 27 says, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Hebrews eleven sixteen says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Proverbs 8, 17, I love those who love me and those who seek me, find me. Psalm 63, 1, this is our last one. You, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. If we want to experience the fullness of God, like we'll be talking about uh, this whole month, one of the ways we do that is we seek after God. And so what's a, a new way that you can seek after him this week? Is it turning on worship music at your house and just, you know, not caring, just singing out to God, praising him? Is it getting on your knees and saying, God, I need you. I love you, God. You are my everything. Is it recommitting to him, saying, God, I've strayed. I, I, haven't, I haven't been living the way that I need to. And today, today I'm kind of recommitting some things to you. Is it you getting back into his word? 
and letting his spirit speak through that. There's so many different ways. Maybe it's just sitting down with, with a friend that you, that you know, hey, they pursue Jesus as well. And you guys just do community with one another. There's lots of different ways to seek after God. The question is, are you going to do any of them? Are you going to pick just one of them? Let's seek after him. Let's never stop seeking after him. Let's continue to kindle that relationship with our Savior. And, 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 and just think about that. What an amazing blessing that we even have the opportunity to connect with the creator of all things. He loves you so much that he wants to, to be in relationship with you. And so are we treating it in that type of way? I want to go ahead and as we close out our service, I want to pray for us. And uh, today we're not going to have an ending song. And, and when, when I get done praying, uh, I'll, I'll dismiss us. But I want you to know this, that if, if you want to have a conversation about, hey, how do I accept Jesus? Or I need prayer for something. As everybody's leaving, you can come on forward and would love to be able to talk with you uh, about that. So uh, let's bow our heads, let's pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Father God, you are amazing. Lord, we're so thankful, we're so grateful that you have patience with us. God, we're thankful that, that you pursued us first. God, and you continue to pursue us. God, we want to experience the fullness of living for you. God, help us to seek after you. Help us to make you the number one thing in our lives. God, you are everything. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Make sure to subscribe to this channel so that you can keep up with new content as it becomes available. We would also ask that if you have been encouraged by this ministry, that you would consider partnering with us financially. Your support helps us to continue our mission of helping people move from where they are to where God is calling them to be. You can find all the ways to give at graceodessa.com give. Thank you.